0: Gather around the game table with Kristen. And Spin. To find out what?
1: Plays Well with 2. Plays Well with 2 was recorded in front of a live studio audience of our dogs. Hello, this is Kristen. And this is Spin.
0: Today we will be reviewing Dune Imperium.
1: I am a huge Dune fan. I love the books so much, even though they are super densely plotted, and the later ones don't make a ton of sense, and uh, lots of people hate the prequels that his son and Kevin J. Anderson wrote, but I still love them. Fight me. But uh, before I get a little bit lost in myself, uh, let's hit the credits first. Dune Imperium was designed by Paul Denon uh, with the uh, art by a lot of people Clay Brooks, Attila Guzzi, Derek Herring Kenan Jackson, Brett Nieberg Raul Ramos and Nate Storm it was published in 2020 by dire Wolf. anyway me love Dune Dune good uh, and well I'm not going to spoil too much about the game My feelings, because I always do my feelings first, and then you're like, "Uh, great for way way to uh, just screw it up. People can stop listening here. So before I gush or hate or whatever I feel about the game, let's talk about the game. Kristen?
0: Well, I was going to go back to what you were talking to in the beginning. Oh, okay. I am not a Dune fan, not to say that I am... I don't like it. I just don't know a thing about it. I never read the books. I didn't see the original movie. I didn't play the game before this.
1: The one... The 19... Originally 1979 by Avalon Hill. The one that looked like Butt. We never played it, and we sold it, but... I had the 92 uh, edition Descartes French release of it. The uh, original original looked even more like Butt than that. Ooh, Yeah
0: fancy. So this is like a million times
1: prettier. A million times prettier. Now they did republish that other one.
0: Oh yeah, I forgot. um, Yeah, yeah, you're right. Which
1: looks a million times prettier. The
0: box art did look really good.
1: Um, but it is a completely different animal than Dune Imperium. Is it a troops on a map? You've got troops on a map, you've got, uh, asymmetric player powers, Mm -hmm. which in 1979 was revolutionary. Right. And now... Is like, really? It's
0: surprising when you don't have them.
1: Yeah, it's... There's a lot going on in that game, and it really plays like a game from
0: 1979. So, Dune Imperium plays completely different.
1: Completely different. This is a... uh, Very Euro. Very Euro. Deck Builder...
0: Deck Builder Worker Placement. Yeah. Yes, there is, like kind of like side combat, but it's very abstracted. It's just cubes, and it doesn't have to do with area control, really. Like, I guess technically the area control of the one field, but it's not... You have to move your guys around...
1: To defend, particularly. To areas.
0: defend and attack and stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can almost look at uh, your troops as just another resource that you're trying to harvest. Yeah. Um, but it... I came in super excited. And uh, it is a tie in to the upcoming movie. Um, you
0: said that's where the art comes from, right? Yeah,
1: that's where the art comes from. Like, but it's not movie stills. But it's, yeah, it's not movie stills. It's really, really gorgeous illustration. Um, the board looks great. The cards look great. Uh, yes, you can tell, like, oh, that's Oscar Isaacs, but. If you're looking for it, you can tell that. It wasn't super obvious otherwise, I thought.
0: No, I didn't feel like it was movie stills. Like, you told me, like, oh, that's actually from the movie. But if I didn't know that, it just looks like cool art. So I think that's the best way to do tie in stuff. 1,000%. I mean, you really like the board, but I'm like, there's not much on the
1: board. It's just like. There's not much on the the board, but I like the colors. Mm. Uh, Instead of doing your traditional, like, primary red, yellow, uh, blue—well, green's not primary, but you know what I'm getting at—like, traditional-looking colors, they did, like, a nice kind of deep burgundy for the red, and a navy blue for the blue, and a forest green for the green, and uh, gold for yellow, which is—it's a nice stylistic choice.
0: Do you like the aesthetic? I like the
1: aesthetic a lot. Um, so design, like graphically, I really enjoy this.
0: The cards are really easy to read graphically. Like, I know what's going on. They're not overly crowded. The symbology is really easy, and it's really easy to pick up. I didn't have to look a million times at the rule book to be like, what does this card do? What does that card do? What does this card do? Most of it was intuitive.
1: Yeah, that's one thing that uh, Kristen and I have really realized can kill a game for us, is do I have to have a cheat sheet to figure out what these symbols mean? And this, you it's just pick up and go.
0: A cheat sheet is fine. It's when you are not given the player aid, when you need it, I'm. I assume that you're talking about deep vents.
1: Uh, deep vents and beastie bar are the two that always come up for me when they, I think about that.
0: Deep vents really needs a player And I assumed someone made it, so I would just have to like go get it. But it did not come with the game, and we had to look up symbols like the entire time we were playing. It was it was rough, but this game is not. And we've played this at two and three.
1: And uh, at two, at one and two, if you're a solo person, we're not. Um, but at one and two, you do have a dummy player, uh, which can turn some people off. This game handles it so well.
0: Because you're not running a dummy player, you don't have to basically run a whole character. You just have a deck that you have to flip over and then you put them there and basically do what it says so it's not that bad. And Direwolf actually has an app that will run it for you so you don't even have to shuffle the cards.
1: Yep, you push a button, it shows you what the card is, it gives you little check marks to make sure you've done what you're supposed to.
0: Yeah, the card comes up and then beside it is a step-by-step checklist. Put a troop out, Move the troops, you know, step by step. So it made it very easy.
1: Yeah. Um, So the way that the uh, dummy player is limited, they're represented by House Hegal, is they will block spaces for your workers, they will gain troops and send them into combat, and they will... Uh, gain influence on influence tracks with the four factions in the game to potentially take away uh, victory points if they have the most influence and get past a threshold
0: so we'll step back here for a second so in doom imperium you are would you say a family
1: uh yes and a house a great house
0: so you, you are also a great house, and then you're trying to influence great houses?
1: You're trying to influence other factions that are not
0: oh, great okay. houses. Okay, so that's where the Alliance stuff comes in? Yes. Okay. So the board's set up where it's a bunch of different worker placements, as, we, as we've mentioned. It's gaining spice, gaining money, gaining water... And you use all those because some spaces are better than others, so you'll have to have more resources to go. And certain spaces let you put out troops for conflict, exchange resources like spice for money, and also gain influence on four different houses. And the point of the game is to get ten victory points?
1: Ten victory points or the highest number by the time. Well, yeah.
0: if someone reaches ten, it triggers game end. Or if you get through all the conflict cards, then the game also ends.
1: Which is basically you've got a set number of rounds.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's it's a, it's a timer. Time yeah, yeah. And it's one of those games where you have to squeeze out every single victory point.
1: Yes, it is so close. The different uh, factions, like if you if you if two people are really competing heavily. For control of one, that victory point can flip-flop back and forth uh, a couple of troops. But if the other player overtakes you, they get that bonus. So I thought that was interesting that not only that, but you also... uh, like The bonus is up for grabs as well as the point. So, when you're gaining influence with the four different factions, uh, you get a victory point when you cross a particular threshold. It's, what, two or three spots up on their influence track? Yeah. And uh, then when you cross another threshold, which is clearly noted on the board, you become allies with that particular faction, which gets you another victory point, And a bonus. Like, you get an Intrigue card if you are allies with a Ben or...
0: But this victory point is different because it's in a token form, and people can overtake you on the track and steal it. So there's lots of different things you can do and a lot of different paths to victory, but it is not a point salad. You, It is not... um, it is not a feld. You are not getting points for every little single thing.
1: Yeah, points are, they are just so hard to come by and they come at a dear cost.
0: And they generally come later. Like in both of the games, well, after the first game, I realized that it ramps up later and that's when you get a lot of points. But you're sitting at like four maybe 5 like more than if halfway through the that. game and I'm and in the second in the um two player we tried Spen was like oh we don't have like any points I'm like just wait they, they'll come <laughs> yeah but so it it is yeah it takes some time to get going I feel
1: another thing that you'll see in the game so not only do you have your traditional deck builder stuff which gets you buys and and or resources
0: But it's interesting, you don't get victory points for the cards you're getting. Right. Which is something you normally see in deck builders. Like, oh, if you can afford this really expensive card, you'll get lots of points for it or something like that. But you are not counting any points from your cards at the end of the game.
1: Yeah, the only card that is remotely like that is one of the common cards that's available to everyone. And it is the most expensive card in the game, and it gets you... One victory point.
0: When you get it.
1: When you get it. When
0: it comes back around, it's not giving you any more.
1: Yeah, it is just...
0: So, again, that's not end-of-game stuff. Right. So, I thought that part of the deck builder was interesting.
1: I kind of like it, honestly. Keeps the makes the uh, bookkeeping a little bit easier.
0: I mean, it really is. Because you don't have to sort through all your cards and like, oh, these are... I mean, look at Clank. You have to sort through and like, okay, I get these points and take these ones out and... Mm -hmm. That's true. It makes the bookkeeping at the end a lot more easy.
1: Now, not only do you have your hand cards, but there are also intrigue cards, which there are three different kinds. Some of them are hidden victory conditions at the end of the game that can give you more points, uh, which really good for tie breaking. That's what ended up winning me the game when we played it with three but some of them will influence the number of troops you have in combat, or let you have more buys, or, or
0: end victory conditions. Uh, I, Not victory conditions, but extra points.
1: Uh, or yeah, different things like during your turn. They're, they call them plot, combat, and end game. Well, some of them are cards.
0: during other people's turn. So
1: yeah, th- those are the plot ones. Still, mm. I think. Um. But those are powerful. I think they're op. I think they're p, but they're not op. I. They're not I op. Mean,
0: p. We have to play more with them. But spin won the first one because of those cards. You got some really great ones.
1: I had some awesome end game stuff.
0: Like it gave you three four or four. Yeah, four victory points at the end, which is. Crazy. And so when we played a two-player, I went for those intrigue cards.
1: And I did not. And I think it made a big difference.
0: Because I did end up winning. But I don't know if it was because of that or just because my guy was really cool.
1: It sure didn't hurt. And one of the spaces on the board not only lets you get one of those, but steal one from another player. Mm -hmm. And that is such a powerful space yeah
0: so i the jury's out but i am a little worried that you have to go for entry cards and i really i dislike in games where they force you to do a certain thing and it's not so open
1: i can see that um because there are only a couple of ways that you can get those Intrigue cards. There mm. are, uh, like, two, maybe three spaces where you can get them. I
0: don't remember.
1: And a couple of the higher-priced characters uh, will get you those during your reveal phase, which... I mean, that that's another interesting thing. Yeah, uh,
0: but I want to go back to the Intrigue cards. Yeah. I feel like when... There are cards that give you secret bonuses and stuff. You always go for them. Like in Catan, you love getting those cards so much. So much. And it'll be and you know how that works. in that one is you hold on to them and then you're like, "Oh, and I have three victory points right here. I win the game."
1: He's so satisfying.
0: He always goes for like secretive cards in the games. So no. I'm not I'm not Surprise that you would love Intrigue cards as much as you do. Don't ruin
1: my Catan strategy. I might (laughs) be playing with some of these listeners at some point.
0: (laughs) So yes, if you're playing a game with Spin, and there are tiny, they're always tiny, which is really interesting, secret cards that you can get that do multiple things, he will be going for them.
1: I love Hidden Victory Conditions, and Kristen does not care for them.
0: I hate them with every being of my body.
1: Why is that?
0: I feel like they're tricks. Like, not like trick tagging, but like, like low-key tricks. Like, oh, you think you're doing great in the game? I actually have five victory points in my back pocket. F you. It <laughs> doesn't, it's not fun for me. Uh-huh. Because it's just, I like open information.
1: You like open information in certain ways, though. You're a weird cat when it comes to that.
0: (laughs) I mean, I think hiding, you know, your actual victory points, or, I don't know, that's fine. Because I can still tell, like, hey, you just gained eight victory points. I'm not counting them in my head or anything, but I can see that you're doing that. when you're drawing a secret card, they run the gamut of of what it actually does. Like... Because I was drawing some, and I was like, well, this isn't very good. But then some of them will give you, like, four combat, which is huge. So, I mean, it is lucky what you're drawing, but I just I don't like that mechanic.
1: But there's not an Intrigue card that is not useful in some way. I mean, you you had two of them that changed where you could go on any card you played, yeah. and that was really beneficial to you, particularly when you were able to go to the place that got you five extra troops for combat. And
0: Yeah, but I had to pay six spice to go there. It was very expensive very to go expensive,
1: there. Very expensive, but it's a so momentum shift.
0: I get that, but the entry card wasn't the only thing that let me go there. I had to build that up to be able to pull that off.
1: Well, uh, if you turn the table on that, you have to gain, with the intrigue cards, none of them in this game are just straight up, you get victory points. The endgame stuff is always, you have to meet these conditions, so how is that different, meeting that particular condition at the end of the game versus meeting that particular condition to go to the space that gets you to the thing that gets you the victory points?
0: Because it's open. I can see... I can see it. It's not because the stuff on the cards are exceptions. I can't also do them. Ah. I think I think that's probably it is that the extra stuff isn't for everybody. It's just the one person gets to do that. Because even though I had a ton of cards, because what was the leader I was playing?
1: Uh, you were playing as Baron Harkonnen.
0: And every time I played a certain card, it's the Signet Ring, I could pay a gold. Is it gold in here?
1: Uh, it's Solari. And... A buck.
0: Yeah, to get an Intrigue card. So I was doing that. So I had a ton of them, and I never had an end game victory bonus.
1: The decks are pretty big in this, um, so yeah. I mean, each game is going to be different. That's true. I
0: I played my. I mean, to be fair, with games like this, the second game you play, you are going to play really different to see how that goes. Instead, you know, especially yeah. if you lost, <laughs> like I did.
1: Um, yeah. Anyway, we we're getting into uh, philosophy. A little bit at this
0: point. jury's out on the intrigue cards, but I think that's the only thing that bugs me about about Dune.
1: And there is not a thing that bugs me about this. I love the design. The gameplay is compelling. Every choice you make is just really difficult. Um, There's never... Truly an obvious, like, well, I need to go to this space because this space is obviously better than the other spaces on the board. The ones that are, you've got to pay out the nose to get to.
0: Right. I wouldn't say that there weren't obvious ones, at least if you have a plan in mind. Like, I need to go here to get the money to go to here to buy my extra guy you know what I mean so if I don't get the money then I there's no reason right, but I,
1: I mean at face value oh yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, because we've definitely played worker placements where there is a space that is clearly better than the other spaces oh, yeah. to go to oh, yeah. and that uh, is something that I realized I'm not always a fan of
0: like um, actually in a lot of them like even think about um, Stone Age if the first person is probably either gonna go for food, or the huts, or you know what I mean, like those three that are mm-hmm. limited. The I mean, th- they even know, because they limit it if you're playing a lower player count. And so, if you're first player, that's where they're going. Yeah. You're right though. In this, in Dune, you don't have that, because what I need might not be what you need, and everything like that. And so, it's really interesting
1: now. I, yeah, it's refreshing.
0: Now we've played it at and three and at two how what do you think about the different experiences
1: they were remarkably similar in terms of like where i could go where i couldn't go the two player uh the automaton that they use is fantastic
0: it's really good
1: uh it's simple it does a good job of simulating uh conflict is, uh,
0: well, and to that and they weren't just always winning conflict. Yeah. They didn't go one way or the other. Depending on the round, they could have a bunch of guys out, or they could have zero. But And they were blocking different spaces. I didn't feel like the same cards in their deck were coming up all the time either.
1: Yeah. They were making me mad, but...
0: Which is good. Like That's the point. You don't want it to be so simple or so overbearing that it just, you know, yeah. kills the game for you. But if every so often they go to the spot you really need, that is like playing with a third player.
1: Yeah, it, it plays great with two Yes. Great, 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 great with two. It plays great with three. Yeah. There is not a lot of downtime other than, you know, I'm trying to figure out the optimal move, but not. The choices are. Like, they're not killing you with the number of choices, it's the gravity of choice. So,
0: in Dune Imperium, it does this really interesting thing where on your turn, like, for a round, you get five cards. That's your hand, but you are not playing all of your cards at once, because that's different from every other deck building. Breaking
1: the paradigm.
0: You are placing one worker by playing one card. Then it's someone else's turn. Then it comes back around, and you keep going around till all your workers are gone. Then the cards that are left in your hand becomes what you use. It's the reveal that you're using, and that's when you can buy from the market. Or get extra combat or extra stuff that's listed at the bottom. So you don't have the downtime of, I'm doing all this, and then I'm also buying, and then I do this. So it really keeps the turns like real snappy.
1: Yeah, so nice. And the cards will have, this is what the card does when you play it for your agent turn, or whatever they call that.
0: Yeah, Yeah, the agent turn is when you get to place your worker.
1: And then this is what the card does if you reveal it. Yeah. And there are some cards that only do stuff for the reveal. Right, right. Um, But so it feels smooth because mm-hmm. it's so snappy. And when you're playing with the automaton, the automaton goes after whoever has the first player marker. Um, So that is also a nice thing. You know that they're going to be going... At a kind kind of common
0: term. I liked that better than everyone goes and then they go. Because I felt it's easier to forget if everyone goes and then they go. Mm Mm-hmm. And it felt more like having a player, like a real player, because they would actually block spaces that you were trying to go to between. Because first player changes, so what they're blocking will affect other people depending on the round.
1: And because of the nature of that, play a card for your agent in turn. Then the automaton pl- does the equivalent of that mm-hmm. and blocks a space. Yep. It m- yeah, just such a good uh, dummy player. Would you say it's the best that we've played with?
0: Mm. It,
1: it's definitely up there. I mean, I don't think we'll be able to cr- to just kind of crap out a top ten automatons. <laughs>
0: Top ten dummy players
1: <laughs> if we do that, we have run out of ideas.
0: <laughs> I don't know if that we would have run out of ideas, but <sighs> it's one of the better ones i I definitely think when it is helped with an app, it makes it faster. It makes it easier. If we don't have to do anything, we just press the button and then it tells us like it it's great,
1: yeah. Um, so obviously, uh, we like this game a lot. Would it have made it to your top 10 of 2020?
0: Oh, definitely. I like it a lot. I think it's great. I, yeah, I know that worker placement deck builders are all the rage now. That's what a lot of the games that are hot right now are, but it's really good. I don't even like Dune. It's that good of a design that it shined without me even considering the theme, really.
1: The m- After this second play, I think it would have uh, cracked my top five, maybe even my top three. Really? Yeah. I don't know if it would have unseated uh, my top one and two, but it is really, really good. A fantastic Christmas present. I was so excited to get it. <laughs> and it's definitely... I mean, we were sleeving it as we were playing it. So that's definitely a sign that it's being kept.
0: And it lived up to the hype. There was a lot of hype with this one. People were loving on it so much. And I was like, oh gosh, like, okay, (laughs) starting to get too high. It's just going to be... Because Kristen hates things that
1: are popular sometimes.
0: I do not. I hate
1: Sometimes. Like, if it's super hyped...
0: If I have to listen constantly to people going, oh my gosh, this is the best thing that's ever happened, and then I don't feel it is the best thing that ever happened, and it doesn't deserve all the hype that it's getting, it makes me sad.
1: And that's why we have never watched Breaking Bad, minus that very first episode. I was
0: going to say, we tried it. Years later. We tried it, and we didn't watch it again.
1: Uh, So the designer, Paul Denon, the name is not... Something that immediately leaps out at me like your felds and your fisters and your freezes and your And other apparently th sounding yeah. game designers. That's weird. Um So I was just like, oh designed by a dude.
0: Oh, so we looked it up and he's actually the designer of Clank, which is my favorite deck builder of all time. So I guess I shouldn't be surprised that I also really enjoy this one. And it's very funny now, looking back, that I brought up Clank.
1: (laughs) And that it's the Clank dude.
0: But it's interesting because he took it and changed it. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just Clank with Dune on top of it. Yeah. Because in Clank, you do get the points for the cards and stuff like that. And you do play everything on your turn and so, I think it's really interesting when you see the transformation and the differences because some people are just kind of changing a little bit of a game, but you see a lot of the same stuff felt. So, <laughs> like, I it makes me really happy, which is probably one of the reasons why I wasn't um, so hesitant to get this one. Because it was a Clank guy, but I completely forgot.
1: So yeah, that that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I get this game. <laughs> I like it, it is easy to pick up. Like I, I wouldn't say that the the learning curve is terribly steep on it. Uh, I, I mean it's not like a super intro noob gamer game, but. I mean, we've played it with a friend who's just kind of starting to get ramped up and get into the whole board gaming thing, and uh, she had absolutely no problems picking it up and and thriving. And yeah,
0: put it to you this way: she started reading Dune after playing it. (laughs) So there you go. So it's it's a big surprise for me. Like I know it was really hyped, but. Sometimes when you hear, especially ones with IP, you're like, okay, like you really, it's an okay game, but if you like the IP, then you're really going to like it, that kind of stuff. I mean, honestly, I love Outer Rim, but liking Star Wars helps that game a lot. A lot. Like, you bring that theme with you. But this one, it's so good that I don't even think it's necessary to have that like this could be themed differently well at least for me my feelings on it wouldn't have changed
1: yeah uh i i would say that my feelings on it wouldn't have become any more negative uh the themes just pardon the terrible joke extra spice for me Yeah, I'm getting the look again.
0: Super easy to expand, definitely. I mean, all deck builders are. Yeah. Or oh, it's an extra board, or I don't know. We'll see.
1: Yeah, I I can see because I think that uh, with the movie, they're doing the Harry Potter thing where they break one book into multiple Mm, movies. Yeah. Um. So like,
0: as the movies go on. Yeah. Clank has a million expansions, and I love all of them. So, oh my gosh. They probably won't, but like a Dune Imperium Legacy. I would be all about that. That would be an interesting kind of thing to
1: explore. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Not to get too deep into the weeds of the books, but I could see you doing something with the prequels with that, or... With some of the later Well, there's been
0: stuff. a million books, right?
1: So, the original series, uh, you had Dune, Children of Dune, uh, Chapter Has Dune, God Emperor of Dune. Uh, at least two more. Like six or seven Okay. originals that span a period of time over like, a thousand years. Um, And then prequels, you've got three, six prequels, and then written by Kevin J. Anderson and uh, Frank Herbert, the original author's son. And then there uh, were two or three that kind of finish the unfinished Dune story um, like sequels to the thing, so there's a lot of uh a lot of ground you could tread, yeah on that.
0: do you think it's problematic that they're kind of going with movie art if they might delve into the other stuff, or do you think because they did more they drew it that it would they didn't put themselves in the corner?
1: I don't think they put themselves in the corner now, I don't know who published. The reprint of the original thing because there might be some weird IP stuff going on um,
0: where one
1: publisher has the rights to, like the books, and then another publisher has the rights to, movie the stuff. movie stuff.
0: I when it comes to rights and all that, I, I'm not sure. Um, but it,
1: it's a possibility.
0: Well, it's interesting. Gale Force Nine did the other one.
1: But if you look... They're credited in the rule yeah, so... Yeah, exactly. Ooh, very interesting. So there you
0: go. So, do an Imperium. Really great game.
1: Really great game.
0: What would you give it out of ten?
1: Oh, if you I had to rake it on the gate. I hate you. A nine.
0: Ooh. Wow, maybe even higher. Yeah, I, it might I, be a ten for you. You it, don't give anything a ten. It might be a ten. Wow, I um, think I think I'm at an eight, eight point five. Couple more plays. Let me figure out my um, intrigue card issue. But right now, I think I'm sitting at an eight. It's really good.
1: So uh, that is Dune Imperium. And,
0: uh, so, you know, yeah. for your next spicy game night, pick it up.
1: Yeah. You're getting the look now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Have feedback or just want to say hi, find us on Instagram at plays level with two and on board game geek
1: at Spinch
0: and at kitty paws nine
1: and on Twitter at plays well with two, the number, not the word.
0: Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us at the Game Table. Catch new episodes every Wednesday-ish.